Hello there. Can you hear me? Yes. This is Fam Electric Ghost, and I have Ive Salami on the phone. Yeah, it's, it is so. <laughs> so what we do is we've been interviewing indie artists from around the world since 2018. We've got yeah. over 22,000 listeners on our podcast, and we're part of Spotify. And um, we have 11 platforms that we broadcast on uh, that are podcast platforms. So we sent you the questions, but I'm going to go um, and read a little bit of your profile from your um, your um, site that you had. Yeah, linked sure. to. So it says, uh, I have Salami, the iconic hedonist. You have a solo project of international published alternative. This is your solo project. And you're, you're, um, you're, you're still a alternative model right and uh, yeah yeah sure it is so still and you're a formal former classic vocalist a classical vocalist uh you you started your same career with uh, baroque music uh, yeah that's right and you were taking inspiration from uh poe and oscar wilde and yeah you're taking some kind of really sophisticated concepts you know i i like to use victorian poetry in my music so i can i totally understand where you're coming from um and you you like to talk about how you're you're changeable that you that you are you like to be different you like to be able to adapt so that's that's really cool and you've got this this gothic and metal electronic music theme that has classical vocals so that's that's a really cool mix yeah i have everything like the whole range and your newest track is called i want to die yeah and we're going to talk about that, but I usually start with the first set of questions. Uh, like, when did you first get into music? At like what age? Um, it seems like I have always been there because it's it's really it's really hard to answer this question because uh, uh, music has always been there with me. I grew up in front of the stage and on stage, and well, I would say I was around maybe eleven years old. Then I um, then I realized that one day I will become a singer. So, so you had uh, like formal classical training at that age or did you take a little while to do that? Well, I was uh, just practicing firstly by myself. Then my mom realized that she has something to do with it. And she said like, you're going and you're taking a musical classes. So yeah, I started uh, to sing that at that age. And uh, in a few years, maybe around the age of four, 14, I uh, started preparing myself for the professional career in opera. But um, in a few years after that, uh, after I actually applied to the um, so-called theater academy where it is, was necessary to be really good uh, with the opera wise, so to be a real singer, I realized that I actually, I don't like opera. Mm -hmm. So you decided that you wanted to go in, in, in more like the pop music yeah. direction? Yeah, at absolutely. That point. So are you primarily a vocalist or do you actually uh, write your, your music uh, or you work with other people to write the actual uh, music? Well, it's uh, for me, um, vocals goes first because uh, it is very important for me to express myself through my lyrics and through my voice. And um, music has not been that important for me. But yeah, I do compose my music by myself. Um, I've been doing it for quite a long time, but it's not really the most important for me. So yeah, I'm asking for mastering, I'm asking for some advices with the people who are really good at those things. 
mm-hmm. who are really professionals. And yeah, I, I do believe in the quality of uh, studio work. That's, that's interesting. So if you, um, so we, we, when did you decide you were going to write your own material? Uh, is it around that age, like 11? Or did you decide later to like, after you decided that opera wasn't going to work? When did you start writing your own, like your first songs? Oh, uh, yeah, I believe it was just the same age. Because uh, for me, it was uh, the very first step. From the very first step, I was like, um, I need to express myself. And this is my way to do it. Um, I was writing poems, then I moved to song lyrics. Uh, I learned to play the guitar to create a sort of melody. Then came piano, and uh, that's how it happened. Well, uh, just like that. That's interesting, because I'm, I'm a keyboardist, and wow. uh, I, I always wanted to uh, play guitar. Yeah. But I, I never could get it, but I, I spent my whole career doing everything I can do with pianos and synthesizers to make them sound like guitars. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's interesting. It's like, like, I like the piano because it's a really good compositional tool, but also the guitar is a very good compositional tool. So a lot of singer songwriters know they either start on the guitar or a piano. So do you, you always like you start with your vocal, but then you, do you bring it to your guitar yeah. to write out the, every other part or do you do it more on a piano or synthesizer or MIDI keyboard? Well, today it, it works like this. Uh, first goes lyrics. It's always like that because uh, for me it's the most important part. And uh, after that, after that comes piano because I need some sort of melody. And if I'm in need of the guitar sound, I do take it. But uh, recently I decided that I want to move on. I would like to try something else. And uh, today I don't use the guitar as a musical instrument. I just use piano, I play piano, and uh, I'm experimenting with a sort of uh, electronic sound. Oh, so, so do you put everything down to like tape or do you run like a MIDI keyboard into like a, like a digital audio workstation? This kind of goes into the music workflow process. A lot of artists use like, you know, DAWs, they use digital audio workstations like Pro Tools or um, you know, main stage or different ones, or FL Studio. So are you primarily working with an acoustic, like a real piano and then taping it, or do you use like MIDI controllers? Uh, well, I- I'm kind of conservative uh, when it comes to composing. So uh, I have a classical piano, so I work with it. And I do memorize my melodies uh, and harmony. And then uh, I'm using Cubase for uh, creating music. So uh, yeah, I work with Cubase and I do use MIDI and I would like to try the whole range of other instruments. But uh, today it's just me, piano and MIDI keyboard. That's great. That's like, well, the, the way that I have my home recording studio is all based on using hardware sense. I use like Moogs, Rollins, yeah. Profits, uh, but I don't use a DAW. <laughs> so I, I, I do everything into like digital tape recorders. Um, just because I grew up like using like tape, real tape machines, like old school four track, eight track tape yeah. machines. And that's the way I grew up recording, you know, it kind of shows my age. But, um, yeah, is it MIDI, MIDI stuff? It's cool. I use MIDI for other things, but I just don't use a DAW, which is interesting because um, a lot of people use it, but I just tend to do an old school kind of. It sounds, sounds really cool. 
Yeah, it's like the best way to capture analog sense because analog sense are kind of point in time. Yeah. Sometimes you, you can't capture it. They're, they're kind of like a like an organic instrument in a way because they, they change all the time um, in terms of how you construct the sounds. Yeah. But that's that's where I am. I'm a heavy electronic modular stuff. So <laughs> it's a different type of mindset. Um, so have you been playing like live shows? Cause this is your first single, but were you playing live shows with your own material uh, prior to this single? Uh, not with this one, because this is like my very first solo uh, project, solo work. And before that, I, I, I had a band. It was like a typical gothic rock with guitars and piano and uh, some dark lyrics. Uh, it was fun, but I wasn't really satisfied uh, with, the, with like what we were doing. Um, and we had a few gigs. Uh, the very first one, it was my birthday, and uh, I was actually the person who organized everything from from a campaign to booking other bands and finding club, just everything. It was really nice, but it's like quite a tough experience. So it takes a lot of time. Yeah. So where 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 did you do that? Where where, where did you play? It was just some uh, local club, so we we didn't leave the country. Uh, we uh, stayed at home, <laughs> home city, <laughs> and uh, it was just like that. So I had so in, in, like around Berlin. Uh, yep, maybe, but uh, I've never played gigs. Uh, I've never participated in any sort of festivals. I would like to do that. I'm yeah. really so inspired by that. If they get into like the festival scene in, yeah. in Europe or 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 beyond. Well, uh, I have never did it before, but um, and I actually have no plans uh, at this moment. But mm-hmm. I hope to take part in some of those, uh, maybe some local festivals, you know, have um, uh, this, um, not copy, but sort of uh, uh, inspired event. Uh, we have uh, Prague uh, Gothic Treffen, and uh, it is like a day, and, sorry, it's like a year and uh, uh, I believe I'll participate in this one. I'll take part, but um, I'm not sure because just yeah. no no plans. <laughs> yeah, could you? So, for, if you were gonna present like yourself in this new with your new music with this first single, um, yeah. so do you have other songs? In, uh, like, if you're gonna do a show, you have do you just have this song, or do you have a bunch of other songs that you have? And if you did a live show, you would do those songs along with this one. Well, I actually, uh, I just have this one at the moment, but uh, I'm working on the second one, and uh, I have a pre-planned uh, recordings uh, uh, for vocals. Um, I believe okay. that I'm going to uh, launch uh, an album this year, like a mini album, the very first one. Or like an EP? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I hope to have a contract with a label, but of course it's not guaranteed for anyone. Um, yeah, yeah, a lot of like people that. are going indie. I mean, I, I was lucky enough last year I got signed for a distribution oh, contract. Cool. But it, it took me like 30 years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's going to take long. Yeah. So I, I was an indie artist for a lot long time, and then I finally got signed for a distribution contract to two labels uh, for a specific distribution because I'm kind of controlling with my music. And so I, the only kind of contract I was willing to deal with was that I get to produce it exactly the way I want to and they just distribute it. And so that's yeah. that's the kind of deal I got, um, which is what I wanted. Um, 
but but it keeps you like in a niche market because I, I I'm kind of doing stuff that's not super popular. Yeah. <laughs> but, but but it's still I found we found a market for it and we found the label that was willing to do it. So it it can take time. Like I said, it took me like thirty years. But <laughs> you got to have patience. I I do music because I love to do it. And then I'm just the same. Pod- yeah, I found this podcast and I like to talk to other musicians. Um, so, so if you were going to do a show, you have a band that would uh, back you up, or would you do it like a, a solo performer, totally solo, just you doing everything? Well, uh, it's a question actually, because um, all the musicians who are working just uh, the same way that I do, they have some uh, musicians, some probably keyboard players, some drummers to support them, but I do not have those. And I haven't decided yet if it will be like two more musicians or I'll have some dancers, some performances. I don't know. Well. Mm -hmm. Actually, the approach of Victoria's Secret show is very close to my own because I do believe that music should be connected to some sort of visual content, but I'm not sure what it's going to be. Yeah, because yeah, as, a, as, a, as, a, as an artist, you always kind of have to have a stage presence, and I've always been like very um, inspired by people like Bowie, who had this very theatrical... Oh, yeah. David Bowie had a very theatrical um, presence, and when he did his shows, he would go into character. So, you know, as a model, I think you, 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 you totally understand that what you were saying. Yeah. And, and a lot of times, you know, you're like a lady guy, she kind of represents that as well. She, she does this stagecraft and she becomes like another person. She becomes a character. She kind of plays with different visions or versions of herself or maybe not even herself. And I find that that's very interesting and kind of, kind of really like showman, showmanship when you're out there, if you, if you're an artist, if you just come out there like with blue jeans and your t-shirt and you play a band like you know some alternative band that's fine what they do they don't really present a different person or persona but a lot of artists that were very yeah. successful they present this kind of over-the-top image which is really interesting and it's entertaining you know i think that it's part of being an entertainer is to, is to bring that on the stage and then either you have dancers or you have uh, effects or you have like yourself that you're the effect like a freddie mercury or, or a prince. I mean, they were kind of like, they they were kind of the big draw because they could just they could command the stage, and I think that's yeah, yeah. that's the approach I I've like a lot. <laughs> I've seen such thing. One day, I I actually uh, bought a ticket to Nick Cave's concert. Uh, it was probably two years ago, and I was really impressed by him, by the way he was conducting everything around just one man conducting the whole concert hall yeah some people like, just really have cool. a stage presence you know that they can they can they don't you, you don't think they'd ever have a stage fright and they just seem so confident and yeah. about who they are um and then what they're presenting so have you thought about this is your first single but have you you, you had a band before but have you thought yeah. about collaborating like w- when you do your album would you have features or would it all be you are you kind of like a a singer-songwriter where you want it to be primarily your own vision or you want to work with other people and have features and other artists on your album? Well, uh, due to I have a lot of, not a lot of, but I do have favorite musicians. I, of course, I would like to collaborate with them. But at this moment, I just, I'm one of many. I'm just a, like a little girl who launched the first single. Mm-hmm. And... Um, of course, I would like to collaborate with some of them. 
for example, I'm very inspired by music and by show of Blatango. Uh, I think that Chris is a very passionate and very professional, sophisticated musician. And uh, I do think we have like something in common with our approach. But of course, he's uh, like a superstar and uh, it's just me. <laughs> yeah, so that's interesting. So I mean, I was going to ask you about, I forgot to ask you about your, your influences and your reference points. If you were going to say what artist um like your fans uh would like to understand like say as an artist who are you inspired by who are your reference points in your music oh well it's like a like a really really big question because uh it's a long story but uh to cut it short um everything everything starts with me if nothing happens to me nothing happens to my music so uh it's like i'm the first one to study. <laughs> uh, but of course, I do have those people who inspires me, who influenced me somehow. Uh, first of all, uh, it's Lacrimosa. And I actually grew up in front of their stage. I even have a joke that if you will follow their concerts, you can watch me growing up. <laughs> uh, and I really can't imagine my life and my world without their music. Um, and the interesting thing happened to me recently. The previous year I was getting from one concert of Lacrimosa to another, and uh, it was in another city, another place. Uh, I met my friend who persuaded me to listen to his favorite music. It was Solar Fake, which is a German band as well. Mm -hmm. uh, at first, I didn't pay attention because it was electronic music. I had nothing to do with it those times. Um, but he persuaded me with the acoustic version, and you know, I felt really in love with the Solar Fake music. I adore it, and I'm going to um, visit their concert the upcoming month. They are really inspiring, and Sven Friedrich is just a really, really cool creator. I cannot, I don't even know how to describe it, because uh, he changed my way of um, seeing music, my way of oh. perception. I think. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, cause I kind of. Well, it's cool to hear what who, what artists, you know, who they're inspired by and where they get their vision from. You know, a lot of times as a singer songwriter is totally coming from yourself that's why like a lot of times when we talk to uh, musicians we talk to people who are singer-songwriters um because i find singer-songwriters are like like authors like when you read a novel you you're kind of going yeah. into the window of the author's like soul and when you deal with a singer-songwriter that actually writes their own music it's kind of like reading their their own little no a novel because they they're, yeah, they're showing you who they are and their the vulnerabilities and all the, the 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 personal aspects of it, and that is really impressive to me because you know there's a, there's a whole other school where you have professional songwriters and then you have vocalists and they, you know there's kind of separation where you know they they write the the song but it's not really coming from that singer. The singer does amazing vocals but it's not personally like their own experience. And I think yeah. that like I grew up in the '70s with like Carol King and the Carpenters and, you know, a lot of the singer-songwriters like Dylan and, uh, yeah. you know, just people that they, 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 they had a really deep meaning. And when they did their project, you felt like you were, you were getting part of what they, you know, they were telling you something about their, their own Absolutely. story. And I, I find that very uh, enticing. And that's what I, I tend to follow as a fan of music. I go, I go with yeah. that. Um, so what are your thoughts on, on the future of music now that we have all these streaming services and we have a lot of folks that are able to get into music and, and get their, their music out there because of streaming services like Spotify? 
But then the, the whole other thing is like the, the record industry used to be able to like control who comes yeah. in. You know, you, you had to go to a studio. You, you had to, to get a contract or you wouldn't get in the store. <laughs> you know, so what do you think about the way things are now? Well, uh, I love it definitely because I can choose from the whole variety of music, not only from the least suggested to me by people who uh, who paid money to be on air, uh, but I can get it from real musicians, from the whole range of suggestions to say so. Uh, and I believe that uh, future music is about the personality of musician because we have all the technical possibilities nowadays to create anything we want, uh, to change anything we want in our voice, in our music and anything. Uh, it's just about you. So um, if you paid enough attention to evolve yourself as a musician, as a person, then yeah, you probably will be successful. That's what I think. Yeah, I found it's like a lot of cross genre that, that, that you know, people used to get pigeonholed like, you're a heavy metal artist, you're a rock artist, you're a pop artist, you're an R&B artist, but now you have, you know, R&B crossing into rock and jazz yeah. going into hip hop and country going into rock. It's like, there's, there's less of a line, you know, the, the things are becoming more merged. And I find it's interesting when songwriters like mix genres, then, then, then you, you get a very like, you know, new, something new that if, if you're not so, tied to a specific genre but you pull in elements from other things uh then that that i find that really appealing and it seems like, like a lot of musicians are doing that nowadays um yeah uh well um for me it has always been like a question what genre to choose if i'll be choosing but um Well, I, I, don't, I don't feel like uh, I would, would like to mix genres or I would like to uh, mix uh, my music with uh, some specific sort of genre. Uh, the thing is, um, I would like to sing jazz from time to time. Yeah. But uh, it's, cause it's really cool music. Uh, and um, I, I was thinking about combining electronic music with opera uh, just because uh, I've spent so many times, so much time, so many years uh, on opera music and vocals. Uh, mm -hmm. and I, I have to implement it somehow in uh, my present day life. And um, actually the best, the best thing I've heard about my music, uh, I haven't heard much, but uh, one of the best comments I got was like, uh, well, you know, it sounds like blood angle mad hurts and i was so happy to hear that because i adore blood angle and i really really like hurts so i was like that yes i wanted to kind of seg into your your song um yeah your release and uh so your you want the the title i want to die that's very huh. <laughs> stark <laughs> but, 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 pretty dark yeah but but you're coming from like the, the poe and the oscar wilde kind of giving you a, a visions so if, if this song is this a real preview of, of what you the, the style you're going to continue with this kind of gothic um of course, theme? Yeah. So, so the next single would be in the same vein 
Um, yeah, actually, I'm actually working uh, on the ballad, a love ballad, which is called Kill You. And you can imagine uh, like the, uh, the topic and uh, what it could be. Mm -hmm. um, I do not consider myself to be that dark and I don't feel like I'm really attached to the gothic or so-called dark stage because mm -hmm. um, I feel like uh, uh, and I was told that um, I am too dark to be mainstream and too mainstream to be dark and actually that works perfectly for me because I believe this is the best way to reach my audience, mm -hmm. uh, to reach people interested in such sort of music uh, who are not only interested in a specific genre or specific subculture but uh, who are interested in music and uh, just um, well, yeah, well, you, your, your theme is kind of reminds me of Evanescence, and that was kind of like the old, the emo tag, and, and yeah. not a lot of bands get tagged with that anymore, like dark pop, you know, is yeah. more is more the new term, but when you say dark pop, a lot of people still bring up like Evanescence, which is like emo, <laughs> or, or gothic rock, and, um, but it's, it's, it's still kind of within the indie alternative space, which is a, yeah. an older, you know, kind of general uh, genre for it but I think within like indie and alternative music there's always this kind of space for dark type of music I mean like Nirvana was a grunge band but they had this kind of dark element they had oh, yeah. like goth elements where they, they, well, they're punk well they were punk and they were rock and they, and they had like Beatles stuff about them too so like even within Nirvana it wasn't just a pure punk band it had some pop sensibilities like Beatles sensibilities like Lennon type inspired stuff because Kurt Cobain kind of wrote like Lennon a little bit um and so like even within somebody would say oh that's grunge there was still the complexity of what I was just saying there's a lot of other elements um yeah. so within the, what you're doing I think it, it, the, the 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 market for this music a lot of the bands I've interviewed in the last year have been in this space, um, the same kind of space that you're in. Um, they would call themselves dark pop or gothic or yeah. indie. So it seems to be a trend that a lot of the new musicians I've talked to are in this space, which is, you know, it, it's trending. So I think. Well, I hope it, so. Yeah. Well, I think it's like it, it, everything kind of come, comes around, you know, like a lot of people said rock and roll, like traditional rock and roll is supposed to be gone, but then they're still big rock bands around you know so it it, it kind of spins around as like a big love for the 1970s there's a lot of 70s inspired bands there's still a lot of punk bands and then hip-hop kind of moving things forward and mixing jazz like you said jazz like i'm a big i'm a big fan of jazz i i i'm inspired yeah. by like a band called sunra which is a very like um like like a strange like old coltrane bebop inspired american band that's actually getting more uh, people are starting to re recognize them more. They're not as big as like Coltrane or, or Davis, but they they did this really strange like uh, music where they dressed up like Parliament Funkadelic. They dressed up in space costumes in the 1950s. They used to they were a jazz band. They were playing bebop, but they dressed up in outfits and made them look like they came from outer space. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody kind of thought that well, that's really they kind of they kind of hurt them. Because they, they were playing as good as Coltrane, as good as Davis, but they had this image on stage that was really strange. And so it didn't didn't really connect with the audience at the time. But now people are going back and they've had documentaries on Netflix on them and stuff. And it's, it just shows you sometimes like you can 
you can go in a direction, maybe people don't get it, and then 30 years later, people get it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so jazz has always been a big influence for me because it just it opens up what you can do. I think and it's always cool to have a performer go and, and, and show like an acoustic unplugged side or they do their, yeah. their harder side or they do, like you said, a jazz performance. It's, 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 yeah. I think it just shows your versatility. Well, I believe so. I'm just uh, in process of discovering jazz for me as a singer, and uh, maybe I'll perform some jazz in the upcoming year. Uh, well, actually, I have a, a one plan to perform an online concert, which could probably include some jazz standards uh, or some just like a soft rock I like to sing. Oh, yeah. uh, so yeah. on online, well, I, I always do Facebook Live concerts. I'm actually yeah. working with some of the people I've um, interviewed. Uh, in the last year, yeah. we're actually going to do a Facebook Live with like a couple of the folks that we've uh, interviewed to kind of do like like a, from their own studios. They're going to yeah. do like a session and it's going to be like under my my phantom like a ghost Facebook. Yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're, I've noticed that Well, I've been doing it for a couple of years. I, I do live performances from my home studio and it kind of keeps the connection with my audience and stuff. So have you found well you're you're gonna do that but you did you think that that's a, a like a new trend or that there's something that you thought would be a good idea for your presentation mm, i don't know because uh, uh i planned this for, for the end of the year and uh, i i don't know what will happen uh, so if i'll be uh signed by the label uh it would be really cool and everything will change but uh if not yeah, probably. I, I think it's, it's fine. It's just all right. Uh, it's, actually, it could be quite cool because anyone can attend this event, not just those who live in Germany or uh, Czech Republic or somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, where it opens up your audience because we do yeah. Facebook Lives. I mean, I've been able to do Facebook Lives and then I check who's listening. I see people in like the Middle East, people in Central America, yeah. people all you know in Europe and Asia. And so it just, it, it gets you out there like a radio station, like in the yeah. same way that Spotify gets their music out. If you do like a live broadcast and then you put it on YouTube as well, uh, it just opens up the social media because that's the one of the things, the advantage we have as indie artists today is we have the ability to put a video on YouTube or put a video on Vimeo or put it out there on Instagram. Uh, and then your fans are able to, to, to get, your 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 whole project they're able yeah. to see the visual they're able to see you know hear the music and i think that that helps you know connect to your fans without having the overhead that you know only a label could do that before and now yeah. if you have have the drive and initiative you can be in charge of all aspects of your project yeah, that's really so, and I believe it's really cool because you can use actually any any sort of tool uh, to promote yourself and do it just by yourself. For example, I uh, started with the magazines, and uh, I, I thought like one day it could be it could support me somehow, but uh, uh, it turned out to be a really good platform. So, have you been able to like uh, they take your the fans of your modeling career and convert them into fans? Yeah, follow you <laughs> like as that. a revision, or yet still you're still working on that. Well, I'm combining because I cannot divide those two things. Uh, 
uh, I started uh, this career as a, at the age of 12 and I wasn't just an ordinary model, uh, just like for photos and runway. But uh, when I grew up and uh, at the age of 15, they told me, well, uh, honey, you cannot catwalk anymore because you're not tall enough. And actually, I realized that, that I, I still want to be here. And uh, I was in uh, that sort of music. Uh, I was golf already uh, mm -hmm. those times. And uh, I decided just to change it somehow, just to try something I really want to do, I really like. Yeah, that is how it started. And uh, I, I don't think I will ever quit it. So you're able to get to a different type of modeling, though, like alternative modeling from, yeah. from like the traditional model. You were able to find, find work doing that. Because I find that sometimes, I guess, some like I guess that they're kind of really uh, pigeonholed or they have niches, and you have to be within a certain niche within like anything. Like if you get into the label system, you have to fit to be yeah. like a big pop star <laughs> yeah, on the on the big labels. And if you're not that, you have to go on to the smaller labels, you know. And then, but you find like your niche. You find like oh, college radio or alternative or or, you know, glitch wave or trip wave or there's so many different genres of music. And I guess, is it like that in modeling too, where there's different aspects of modeling where you can get into different, you might not fit one area, but you can get into another area. Well, uh, today it's pretty different. Uh, and uh, you can be uh, like an ordinary model if you're lucky enough to be tall and slim uh, and fit, uh, fitting because, um, well, you need to be a certain type of person to work in this sort of business. Mm -hmm. um, you can be an Instagram model, which is quite popular, but you should remember then uh, if one day Instagram will be over, you will be over as well. Uh, and uh, in real life, it's actually not, I don't think it works for real life because uh, Instagram is sort of illusion. And um, you may also be an alternative model and this is what I consider to be a really cool thing because I, I know a lot of girls and some guys who are working in this in the field of alternative modeling and they are really, really cool because they are actually putting their, uh, like their efforts, their money, their energy into this and they creating really cool things just by themselves and that's really great. So is that alternative model scene kind of like in, in the music scene where you're like self-funded? Yeah. <laughs> Or do you have agencies and agents that are that well, you within that? No, we don't have any agencies. Uh, very fortunately, uh, sometimes uh, models they collaborate with the brands, with the bands, so with some sort of uh, um, cosmetics um, uh, companies and. Uh, maybe some sort of uh, fashion houses even, but it's not like a big deal. It's not like a, like a big industry. Like, like... Yeah. But what it's cool, I think that that's where a lot of bands, like a lot of famous bands, like dropped going on labels, like Radiohead, you know, Wilco, you know, have gone in, you know, because I think a lot of people want to be in control of their career. So yeah. I think in musicians, we can understand people want to be in control of their career. And so we can see that with, the, you know, I've talked to independent actors that do like off Broadway and do independent stuff in New York City. <laughs> um, and, um, and they do their own projects. They're like not within the New York or Hollywood film system. They're kind of in this indie self-funded area and they, they do their own stuff and they're, they're able to work with brands. Like you said, they were able to work with companies like the smaller companies that need people and maybe are looking for like that type of edgy, different type of 
you know, alternative type of look uh, or, or something that would just fit their brand that's not mainstream. Um, so I think, yeah, there's always a place for, for people who are creators. I think creative people kind of create their own demand. Yeah. <laughs> if you create Absolutely. something, you can create their own demand. Maybe, maybe it didn't exist, you don't fit. But if you create it and you're passionate about it, you can draw people to you. I think that's, that's like, I think that's what every artist wants to do to kind of draw people to their art. Yeah, and it is how the Gothic stage itself has started. It was just like that. From the bed cave till nowadays, it's pretty much so. That's great. So I, I, what's cool about this podcast is it will go out on all 11 platforms. It includes iTunes and um, uh, Google Play, Spotify, and then you know, uh, Anchor itself. Um, and then what we'll do is we, we provide you the link, and you can use the link any way you want. Oh, for sure. Uh, there, there is there, uh, the cool thing about um, Anchor is there's um, integration with Instagram and Spotify. Great. So, so what we can do is we can actually create a highlight, and the highlight will link to this podcast on Spotify, and it also can link to your single on Spotify. So we can create like linkages, so Pete, your fans will go right to your single. And your fans can listen to the podcast on Spotify rather than Anchor if they don't want to use Anchor, um, which is another cool way of doing that. And you can promote <laughs> it on your Instagram as well if you create a highlight once we set, set, set it up. Um, yeah, so if you have what we tend to do over the last two years, we've had bands come on with their first release um, and talk about it. And then we've had bands come back when they have a bigger project and actually have an album release show. Well, we'll talk yeah. about like you know, an album and we can go through every track and, and, sure. and talk about it. So when you're ready and you have other projects you want to talk about, you can come on the yeah. show again, let us know. Absolutely. For sure. Thanks. Well, thank you. So uh, we're very happy to have you on. Everyone will um, click the links that we set up yeah. on this podcast and uh, we wish you great success and we hope to talk to you again in 2020 when you have your other project ready. <laughs> Thank you very much. I enjoyed being here. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.